Hi everyone. Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you are listening to Halfway Saints. Sorry, I took it really deep breaths before that. You know how like gearing up. You don't all of your breaths aren't like full breaths where it feels like your lungs are filling up all the way. So then whenever you can do like a full one, you do it. (laughs) You just take the opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. I had to do it. Okay, at four seconds I'm gonna take a full breath this time. You don't know, it just you don't understand. What just happens? Yeah. Well, then you yawn cause because you've I was broken thinking up about your, <sighs> your regular, regular, <laughs> your regular, regularly <laughs> scheduled breathing. Exactly. Speaking of regularly scheduled, we're back. Oh, good segue. Oh. Good one. Um, yes, we're sorry for the delay, but we had a lot of snow. Yeah, we had like 24 inches. Yeah. Which is two feet. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you with your conversion charts. <laughs> exactly. What is that in meters? Oh, I don't know. It's like around two thirds of a meter. Uh, okay, great. Thanks. What? Thanks for telling us. A meter a meter is about three feet, give or take a little bit. That's why a meter stick and a yard stick are so similar. I, I don't even know how many feet are in a yard. You don't know how many feet are in a yard? No. It's 36 inches, right? Yeah. How many feet is that? <laughs> Three. <laughs> you know, it's amazing Holly's done so much without without graduating elementary school. She's really overcome a lot of adversity. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be exactly three. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? So I thought you said a meter is like it because it's close to three. No, a yard. Yeah, a meter is close to a yard because right. it's about three feet. So right. it's not like a yard was about three feet. Not exactly three feet. No. So I wasn't expecting it to be but exactly. But the yard, yards and feet are part of the same measurement system. So it makes sense that it would be an even <laughs> thing. But with our measurement system, everything isn't. But there's no like, halves. It's not like a yard is two and a half feet. Maybe. I mean, a mile is what? 5,280 feet? Yeah, definitely. I totally know that. <laughs> you don't know that? No, I don't know and, um, all this stuff. And uh, there's 1,760 yards in a mile. We, you learn this at school. <laughs> yeah, I remember learning about it, but I didn't retain it. Obviously not. <laughs> definitely not. That's why That's you, impertinent information. You're probably really bad at capacity, too. What's, what is capacity? Like gallons and quarts. Oh, and... the worst. <laughs> I'm really bad Didn't you that. ever have Mr. Gallon no. in your classroom? He was a man, <laughs> a paper man, and he was um, a gallon, and then all his appendages were different ones, oh. so each, like, uh, major, like, his two arms and his two legs are each a quart, because there's four, four quarts and one gallon, and then there would be two pints hanging off of each quart, because there's two pints in a quart, eight pints in a gallon. So I guess they lost the bodily... He had, like, <laughs> his limbs split into two. Yeah. That's and then weird. he only had four fingers because those were cups. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> a bit flawed. Well, I I know them and well, you don't know them. I know, and I need visuals like that. Well, I'll make you a Mr. Gallon and hang it up <laughs> so you can <laughs> the refrigerator. <laughs> no. Oh boy, what are we talking? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, we got a lot of snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did. We got. I don't know if we got twenty. We got. We got over twenty. Because well, yeah, I looked at, in the news. They had like the two communities on either side of us. Like one had twenty four, one had twenty. So we figure we're in the middle, like 
20 to 24 inches. But there's was, a lot of snow out there. It And it's still there. And it was like 60 degrees today. Yeah. it's A lot has melted, but yeah, that's a lot of snow. Sure is. So we were snowed in. It started snowing Friday night mm-hmm. and then snowed through Saturday into Sunday morning. So And then Daniel got off work on Monday. I did. I got one snow day, which was nice. That's all I asked for. Just one. Just one. I know. Um, the city schools were closed for two days, uh, and yeah. the Catholic schools were closed on Tuesday as well. We were hoping, yeah. but disappointed. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we were snowed in, stayed in all day Saturday, except when I had to shovel our driveway, oh which was terrible. This was like the one year I, like, if I see a snowblower this summer, like, for oh, sale, for that's really sale. cheap because it's the summer, I'm going to consider buying it. I mean, it's so... It's a wise purchase because it's it's really slanted on our driveway. Yeah. It's like a pretty big incline. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of work to... And if we didn't have such industrious neighbors, I, I would have never... Because I shoveled the driveway. Um, While it was snowing. Saturday morning because just, I didn't I, want it to pile up. I'd rather shovel one foot of snow twice than two feet. You know? mm-hmm. Which I didn't understand and Daniel had to explain to me for a little while. <laughs> um. But I did the driveway, but not, like, the road, like, the part of the road right in front of our driveway, because we weren't going to drive the car. I just wanted to get it off the driveway. And I was like, oh, I'll go do that in the morning. Um, and our neighbors beat us to it, because we have a shared driveway. And they shoveled, like, the whole thing and salted it, and it was, like, perfect. And they salted our um, sidewalks and our steps. We're Gosh, really, we're I know, they made slackers. us look so bad. I feel like it's always a race for me to, like, get out there and start shoveling before they do, because... Not that they would mind, but I feel like I have to contribute something to the shared driveway. <laughs> They're very generous. They are. We should be very, more thankful than um, competitive. Not competitive. I just feel bad they always do it. I know. Cause I don't know if they feel like they need to and sometimes, because we're so slack. <laughs> and I think like Sunday morning, they're out there at 7 doing it. So I was just like sitting with my coffee in the kitchen window <laughs> well, like, looking had, like, at them. We literally just woken up. You were still in your pajamas. I know. So... Anyway, yeah. a lot of snow, so we weren't, uh, we didn't leave the house Saturday, Sunday we got a little bit, um, and then I caught a head cold at some point during yeah. the weekend, and it was like, I didn't have a sore throat or anything, it just felt like foggy, Foggy, yeah, and like, I couldn't hear really well. It was well. like one was half like, of your face, yeah, too. Yeah, just it was like just, it was, so. Yeah. so I wasn't feeling great, and we were kind of tired, so we didn't end up putting a podcast together, so Sorry. our apologies. But we're here tonight. <laughs> what? So, your sorry sounded so uh, disingenuous. No, I didn't mean for it to. <laughs> um, so we're back. I'm sure a lot of other people got a lot of snow too, especially in like Virginia and Maryland. Yeah, and yeah. And if you live in Buffalo, you get snow all the time. So I know this is probably like no big deal. I feel like when people, when our family from back home in North Carolina, are always like, "Oh, it snowed so much," then we're like. Yeah, you really don't. Yeah, it's like, because they had like, I mean, they had like eight inches, which is a lot for down there, but. They had eight inches? I thought they had four. Uh, in some parts of North Carolina. Oh. And then they got ice. Yeah. Which is actually more dangerous. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> in case you're wondering. But they're always like, we got so much snow, and I'm kind of like, you know, like, not laughing at them, being like, oh yeah, you and your snow. But then, like, whenever I talk to someone who's from like Boston or Buffalo, yeah. I'm like, oh no, two feet of snow. They're like, that's Tuesday. That's just a constant yeah. thing for us. Yeah. And you know, 
I've never been to a place where people know how to drive in the snow. No. Because that's no always a complaint, like, down south, like, well, the thing is, no one knows how to drive in the snow. And then up here, people are like, well, the thing is, no one knows how to drive in the snow. So, wherever people know how to drive in the snow, it must, like, just go up. That must be the thing. Like, people in Canada are like, oh, the... I don't know. There's nothing above Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and my Canadian geography is not good the enough. the North Pole. Toronto is not, like, the... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Stop where you're at. Saskatchewan. I don't even know that word. <laughs> it's, a, it's a province. Oh. Well, people who are up north. Like Wabigon. Maybe in Boston they know it's, how to draw, drive in the snow. I made an NPR joke, but you were listening. Oh, my gosh. Like Wabigon's a made-up place, like from Garrison Keeler. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Holly doesn't like a Prairie Home Companion. Oh, it's from Prairie Home Companion. No, yeah. I, hate, I hate that show. I'm sorry if anybody likes it. I sh- it's just, it's just <laughs> oh, everybody likes it but you. <laughs> it's just not for me. I just don't like variety shows. Uh, Chris Thiele is taking over it. Okay, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> Chris Thiele is the mandolin player from Nickel Creek. I remember. I think I told you that information. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's also, I like Nickel Creek a lot. I found out he is a uh, MacArthur Genius Grant Award wow. recipient. Yeah. Because banjo. <laughs> no, it's a mandolin, not a mandolin. banjo. Mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what were you going to say about banjos? It, I feel like it takes a certain kind of brain to work a banjo, especially how fast they go. Or you realize, like, banjo is, like, code word for, like, inbred <laughs> southerner. <I know. laughs> it, takes, it takes quite a mind to learn how to play a banjo. That doesn't mean that it's true. Oh, boy. Oh okay, gosh. well, we've just been talking nonsense for ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> we need to get out more. We need to I talk. Holly and I, since we didn't podcast, we didn't talk for two weeks. Mm-hmm, pretty much. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. We won't um, survive. But, yeah, so sorry for the delay. We're back. Mm-hmm. Better than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fun fact is that I'm 39 weeks pregnant. Oh, yeah, Holly's really pregnant, too. That was another factor in our yep. podcasting last week. <laughs> So we're gonna hit, we're gonna get right back into schedule podcasts and then leave mm-hmm. it again. Did you say on the podcast how you had your due date wrong? No, because it was just last week. Oh, <laughs> it turns out baby's coming a week sooner than we thought. <laughs> Six days, Daniel. But um, I don't know if you knew this, but <laughs> no. a week is seven days long. <laughs> I did know that. Thank you. Um, yeah, and this will be the last. We will get to a some content soon but um during my appointment they were like so you're 36 weeks and five 37 weeks and five days and i was like oh, i thought i was 36 weeks <laughs> and they're like nope it says right here 37 <laughs> almost 38 weeks and i was like when's my due date <laughs> and she said february 6th right and i said i've been thinking february 12th she was like oh and so we looked back and it turns out like they give your you their initial date calculated by all these other things um and then the ultrasound usually is a different date but if it's within a week they go by their first estimated date which was february 6th i was going off of the ultrasound date which is february 12th Mm. so here's the thing mine is more accurate well and then we ran to this with jack too is right most doctors will go off of the date of your last menstrual cycle. But if you practice NFP, you can actually know when you're ovulating. Yeah, so you can have it 
more, more accurate. Right, because it's actually isn't gestation actually thirty eight weeks? I guess. But they just yeah, go from they, the period, the date of your beginning of your last cycle, which is around two right. weeks before ovulation. And there are no Catholic OBs in our area, so I don't have it like. There are not like in our immediate area. In like Jenkintown. No, she doesn't do OB. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Or else we'd be going there. <laughs> um, no, she used to, but she is the only one, so uh, she would she couldn't be on rounds and have a practice. Right. Anyway, so we don't have like an NFP OB, which is really difficult, but not one who is like a practitioner. Exactly. Right. Some are familiar with it, but yeah, but they don't. You don't really trust my, like, conception date. Like, oh, NFP, is this whatever. I don't sound like your current doctors weren't, were not dismissive of it. They're not dismissive of it, but they're still not, they don't, like, take, they don't take it as seriously as I would. I think they use their methods. Right. Yeah. They trust their methods much more than ours. Yeah. I think you're being, like, overly antagonistic. They have their method. They're not trained in... Right. Creighton model, so they're not going to go by that. Right. I don't. They're not that hostile towards. They're it. not hostile towards me. I'm sorry, I exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all that to say, three minutes later, um, that my due date is actually six days earlier than we expected. So, so maybe. So please pray for us. I know. Um, maybe this Saturday we'll be having a baby. Maybe, maybe it'll be a Super Bowl baby. Oh. Well, then we could watch the Super Bowl. I know. So we don't have cable, so we're <laughs> <laughs> really hoping we're in the hospital. And Jack was born during the World Cup. Oh, man. So, yeah. We really timed and as Jack's well. And Jack's, like, really of... good at at things with balls. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's getting good at kicking. He's really good at throwing. That's probably because his earliest memories were of soccer. Exactly. No. Just kidding. Um, yeah. So, please, please pray for us um, and that mm-hmm. everything goes smoothly and that Holly stays comfortable as much as possible. Yeah, that's not that's, happening. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think, one of the things I didn't realize, and I think a lot of people realize, is you're just, like, uncomfortable because you're there's much more of you than there used to be. Yeah, I had to, like, really scoot out of the way from for this woman in TJ Maxx today. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't get past, and I was like, I'm as close to the aisle as I can go, but I take up the place of two people. All right. Sorry. We're cutting off the chatter. I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, so earlier this week, I forget what it was. It may have been like Friday. Stop doing that. <laughs> Holly had a hair that fell out. And she it was, was like. <laughs> no, it was actually a, a, one of the hairs from my sweater. <laughs> okay. The one that sheds She was just like pulling it in her fingers. And it was really distracting. It was white, which was, <laughs> which was interesting. You know, that is interesting. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, earlier this week... Um, it may have been later in the week, Thursday or Friday, Pope Francis at one of his um, homilies during the daily mass he offers in the mornings um, spoke on the theme of corruption. And he's um, spoken of it before. When he went to Africa, he spoke about corruption um, in more of the like sense you think of, it's sort of like political corruption where people take bribes. But in this homily he kind of added a new dimension to it um because he spoke of basically he like made a distinction between someone who sins and someone who is someone who is corrupt like there's this distinction between being a sinner and being corrupt and he said what the difference is is the belief that you need forgiveness 
like the line that you crossed to become corrupt is when you no longer feel you need forgiveness. Right. And I thought that was really, really interesting, especially coming from Pope Francis, who speaks a lot of mercy. Right. You know, speaks a lot on mercy and how, you know, there's God is infinitely merciful and he instituted the, um, the year of mercy that we're in now. So to have him kind of like put it like, you know, there is a line you can cross, which is really interesting. Yes, because like Pope Francis is always talking about how no one is too far from God to right. receive his mercy. Mm-hmm. So like to distinguish that from what he's saying here is that whenever you reach the point of believing that you no longer need forgiveness or no longer need mercy because you're not you don't consider yourself in sin at all mm-hmm. it's really on it's not like that you are away from god's mercy you're not you're not allowing yourself to be okay you're not you're not allowing yourself to receive god's mercy right like you've closed the door it's not right. that god's closed the door on you right yeah and it's not it's not that pope francis is saying here's where you you can't get forgiven after this exactly but he's kind of because i think today I don't know it's just there aren't a lot of people answering kind of like the hard question of like we're we believe in hell we believe it is possible to go to hell and to not have salvation so where is that kind of where's the line like where do you where are you when someone can say you may go to hell you know right and it's just like a very especially nowadays, hard thing to say, like, especially with all the, like, talk of mercy, and there's kind of been, like, some people, um, certain Catholic circles who are kind of, like, feel that Pope Francis might be overemphasizing mercy at the kind of, um, what do you call that, at the expense of justice and casting Mm -hmm. aside justice. Um, So I don't know. I just think it's really interesting that Pope Francis kind of, in this seemingly kind of mundane homily on corruption which seems like straightforward he brings in this aspect of like um thinking you do don't need forgiveness and how that is a movement into corruption right which it seems from his dichotomy is beyond struggling with sin it's kind of like giving in to sin right and when i was thinking about it it was like corruption happens when you're you're just like repeating the same sin so much without true repentance or true um, remorse for it then you just accept the sin as a part of who you are Mm -hmm. that you say like this is just a part of me and if you like I don't need to be I guess like forgiven of it because it's a part of me right so it's whenever you reach that part that it's like um that's where you're hitting the corruption area Mm -hmm. and it's not anything new like I think if you kind of look at like you know salvation requires belief in Jesus that's kind of like the standard and Mm -hmm. Jesus even says this whoever believes in me is baptized Um, so it's not anything new that like if you're not seeking forgiveness then you or if you don't if you don't believe in Jesus you're not going to seek his forgiveness right you know so if you're not feel you're above forgiveness then you're really not seeking the Lord right because none of us are perfect and all of us need forgiveness from Jesus and to, to truly, like, believe in Jesus and to know Jesus is to know that we are sinners and to know that we that we need forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's just... And the, 
there's a lot of people have been kind of like thrown off by Pope Francis being sort of very open towards sinners and like wanting to kind of bring everyone back into the church um, without, I think some people wish he would emphasize that conversion is required. It's not like sort of just come here, you know? Yeah. Cause I think that some people could get the picture of, like what our priest was talking against uh, in his homily this morning about like just doing whatever because you have confession, you know? Well, I was, that's true. But I was saying more of like Pope Francis has talked about just welcoming people back and being merciful. Yeah. And some people feel he should speak that mercy should, should inspire conversion. And it's not just us saying we forgive you. People have to convert their hearts. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just, for me, this kind of gave me better insight into Pope Francis's thinking that, you know, if you're still sinning but seeking forgiveness and seeking that desire or desiring that kind of um, intently, mm-hmm. you're still kind of, very slowly or very kind of haphazardly making your way towards Christ as long as you continue to seek forgiveness. But the moment you're like, I don't need forgiveness or I'm not going to seek forgiveness because I don't think I need it. That's when you've kind of gone astray. Yeah. It's when you think that you're good enough. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing, I'm, I've hit this or like whatever that you say. Like, oh yeah, I I can do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And you hit the prideful spot. And I, Another cool part of this is it taps into something that I've always, like a thought that I've always returned to. I think you and I were talking about like free will or something and about like Christian denominations who don't believe that men have free will. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of came to the realization that free will is the only way to reconcile God being like completely just and completely merciful. You're, giving, you're to, giving me the think and squints. I'm trying it's, to remember this conversation. It was a while ago. Oh, okay. Um, but in order for God to be totally merciful in every way and perfectly and perfectly just, humans have to have free will because the only way that his mercy can be limited is if we refuse it. And it doesn't mean it's limited, but limited, have limited action in our lives. In the way that not every single person in the whole world is quote-unquote saved. Yeah, right. I, I meant on an individual level. Only we can limit the mercy that God gives us. Yes. By saying, I don't want it. Yes. So in that way, God is infinitely merciful and in that he offers his mercy to everyone at all times completely. But he's infinitely just in that he gives us what we deserve or what we ask for. So if we do yes. not ask for mercy, we do not get it. If we do ask for mercy, he gives it to us abundantly. I get it. So in any other kind of estimation, like, are we predestined to do, you know, to either be saved or um, damned, you lose the elements of mercy and justice. You get too much, you know, if you think, well, God would want everyone to be in heaven, or God does want everyone in heaven. But if you're of the mindset that God is just going to let everyone in heaven because he's ultimately merciful, you lose that sense of justice. Right. Which is part of who he is. And if you think God would predestine someone, there's no way they could possibly ever achieve salvation. They're just predestined to be 
in hell mm -hmm. that impinges on his total mercy. Right. So the only way for those two things to remain is through humans having free will and free choice of God's love and God's mercy. Nice. So I think that kind of ties in nicely to what Pope Francis says, that like the moment you stop asking for forgiveness is the moment you're denied forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the you closing that door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was something... Oh, from his homily, he said something along the lines of, like, a moment, the moment where our situation is so secure, the sin stops and becomes corruption. Right. So the moment that we become comfortable, because we've been talking a lot about comfortable. Mm -hmm. Insecurity. Right. And it's whenever you, yeah, like I said earlier, like, when you reach that point that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing fine on my own. I can handle this on my own. Um, that's where the sin stops and becomes corruption mm -hmm. because you don't, you no longer, uh, know your need for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's St. Ignatius who talks about, there's like, uh, I forget what it is. There's like a progression of pride. Like I desire goods and that makes me desire power. And that makes me, it's, I'm, it's not that exactly, but it's something <laughs> where like, there's this progression of desire of pride that leads you to sin. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's definitely a connection between, um, being comfortable and being secure and thinking you don't need the Lord. Right. Right. And it's, it's like it could be dangerous whenever you're, he was talking about like, or I think, I can't remember. Just like, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking. You were right. He talked. Um, but so how, how do you think this works? It's kind of like a, a line in the sand between like being on the right path and being on the wrong path. Cause it is a hard question. Like, how do you, how do you say someone's a good Catholic or a good Christian? Cause we're all sinners. We all fall short. So is it someone who just sins less or is there, you know, so yeah, like, I, I personally I, like this as kind of like a, quantitative thing not quantitative but like as a distinctive mark of someone's um you know spiritual life yeah i mean like i get uncomfortable with the questions that are like what do you how far can you go to to still get into heaven or like how mm -hmm. you know because it's we're not earning our way through heaven right. or to heaven and we don't i don't like to speak in those terms um because it just gets weird and you just like speak a lot of falsehoods. But I've, and I've always, before even considering this corruption thing, I've always spoken in the way that you were just speaking of like, I always had these like hypothetical conversations with people that I knew weren't Catholic or Christian or uh, would disagree with my views on certain things. And I, I always imagine them asking me that, like, well, I'm a good person. Am I going to go to heaven? And I would rebut and say, well, do you want to spend eternity with the father who you don't know and who you don't, who you have rejected and don't have already chosen that you don't want to love him? And they would say like, no, I want to, heaven should be whatever. But like God respects that, like his decision or her Respects decision. in the sense that it permits us to follow our decisions. Yes. In the terms of like free will. Like right. He, he like, has given us the will to, to choose that. Mm -hmm. 
and then like honors that choice on not necessarily he's not going to give you what you want no matter what it is but like if you choose a life without him that's what that's what that's what you've chosen yeah Yeah. and so it's yeah it's like your choice Mm -hmm. so i so i think that this is a good way to to kind of verbalize that in a better way yeah (laughs) good because that was a mouthful (laughs) (laughs) i always speak in mouthfuls it's okay um yeah, I like it, and I think it's um, an approachable way to to kind of address that. Like, if someone who's not Christian asks you, well, like, well, what if you know, have what if I have this horrible life? Could I still be a Christian? Could I still be saved? And it like comes down to like, do you believe in the Lord? Do you seek His forgiveness? Yes. And questions of like, you know, there's someone who you know just struggles. They could struggle their entire life and like fall into sin and you know, maybe not ever become a virtuous person or never kind of kick these bad habits. But do they, do they seek the Lord's forgiveness Mm -hmm. ardently? Are they striving towards holiness? Right. And it's not, yeah, we're not, we're always called to strive toward holiness and towards greater holiness. Like it's not something we're going to achieve and like check it. Like, like, um, St. Paul says, I forget what he says and what letter it is. Because they're all just place names. I, I wish it was like the letter to Fred and like, oh yeah, I guess there's Timothy and Titus, but <laughs> <laughs> they needed to all be like that. And then there's two, some of them. Anyway, <laughs> it's tough. So hard. Um, he talks about uh, running the race and still like still mm. running. And like there's this weird kind of like, He's done it and still doing it. This weird kind of like dual tense to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it is for all of us. Like we're all striving to be better and to be um, the people we were created to be. Right. And it's a, that's a very Catholic view of salvation in that like we we're baptized. So it's kind of like, like we've done run the race, mm-hmm. and, you know, but we're still in the process of sanctification. And, mm-hmm. And that's why the, um, like the doctrine of purgatory, like, I don't know. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, I know that turns a lot of non-Catholics off because mm-hmm. it just, a lot of people think we just kind of made it up, even though there's like a tradition of it. Um, and it's, there's some scriptural hints. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about that this time. <laughs> but that like. You know, what if two people die, both seeking Jesus, seeking his forgiveness, but they're, in terms of, like, virtue and their, you know, pursuit of holiness are on way different levels, like, kind of what God asks is you desire forgiveness and you seek him with a true, contrite heart. Mm -hmm. And then after you die, he kind of takes care of that. Right. Like, you are purged of all of those... um, kind of like sinful tendencies, those like bad habits you've developed are purged from you through these, and we don't know exactly how it works, but like that all gets worked out after. Mm-hmm. But and like that, I, you kind of what gets your foot in the door is desiring Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, goes back to it all. He, we just need to ask for it. Right. It's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to a little clarification on purgatory is that I, not a clarification needed. But um, that a lot of people have this, like, movie perception of purgatory where I really think that 
most Christians agree with the Catholic understanding of purgatory without knowing that they do. Like, we don't know the, like, time that purgatory would take, but I think that all Christians would agree that whenever you are in heaven, you are your perfect self. Mm -hmm. And that you are rid of all of the sins and all of the barriers that keep you from God. So what is it between earth and heaven that gets rid of those all those things, and it's purgatory. Right, a purgation of some kind. Right. Yeah. So I think most people would agree in general with it. Like, that makes sense that that would take place. Right. But there's just been a lot of misunderstanding. Well, about and it's what. always, like, oh, it's so misused, especially in, like, like lazy oh, pop culture man. references. Like, <laughs> oh, we're just, like, stuck in between. We're in purgatory. It's like, no, if you're in purgatory, you're going to heaven, and you're being prepared for that. Right. It's not like a blank room in between. It's not even in between. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It is. So many, it's like when anyone talks about the apocalypse, like, oh, yeah, like prophecies of the end of the world. And like, like, no, like the book of Revelation is largely about what happens at mass. Right. You know, like. So in thinking of how we limit God's mercy, um, how do you. What does that look like in sort of everyday life? Because I don't think anyone um, is ever like, you know what, I'm done taking God's mercy. No thanks, I got it from here. Like, we make that choice, but we don't consciously do that exactly. So what does it look like? And we'll just, in our own lives, we're not speculating about what other people do. Like, what happens, how do you turn yourself away from God's mercy and what happens when you do that? Holly? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... I can answer first. Yeah, please. (laughs) Um, I've noticed there are moments when I don't feel lovable. Like, Mm. like I'm just, like, if I am have a short temper with you or I'm, like, upset with a coworker and it's just, like, I'm just the worst. Like, why? I just suck. And it kind of just, like, gets me in a worse mood. Mm. And I don't, I don't know. And there's situations where you just want to stay angry and kind of like stay in your anger. It's the worst. (laughs) Um, So I think that's what it looks like. And it's small, but it's really in a spiritual sense, kind of dangerous to say like, you know, I'm going to stew about this Lord. Hold on a minute. I don't want your mercy and forgiveness right now. I'm going to be angry at this person or I want to sulk because I feel bad about this thing. Yeah. Or I want to beat myself up, you know, and there's a time like thoughtful reflection on your shortcomings is a good practice but kind of the flip side of that is offering that up to the lord and <laughs> and being forgiven what is so fun there is no you quoted earlier and it made me laugh again the, that scene on the office where he says catch on the flippity flip because <laughs> okay, yeah. you said end, flip, flip side sorry <laughs> and the with the last episode where Michael Scott's in the office, he's saying goodbye to everyone in the warehouse, and he says, catch you on the flippity-flip, and tries to shoot a basketball, like, backwards over his head into the hoop, and it takes him, like, 15 tries, tries and he keeps doing it. And every time he says, catch you on the flippity-flip. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Um, that was a great answer. Thanks. Thank you. I think that I struggle with that, too, sometimes when I... Do things that are like, like I'm like oh, I've thought of already. I thought I was past this. I thought that I could, like, not. I mean, yeah. I thought I was better than this. I thought that I'd like already overcome this one. Um. Sh- 
shortcoming that I have fallen into before in my past. But then I also have the times when I really don't want to go to confession. And it's not like, it's not even because I've done something so bad that I don't want to um, confess it out loud. It's just that I'm like, I mean, is it really necessary? I've only done like 15 small things that are mm-hmm. I should confess since the last time. Like, and they're they're tiny. They're not really big. You well, know, that, like yeah. But in that way, you are limited because God wants to forgive you for every last one of those things, and you're like, no, I'm all right with them. Exactly. Just because, yeah. And it's really think about you're limiting God's mercy in your life. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, it's not big enough for God to forgive. It's like small. It's too small, and it's not worth it. And like. It's kind of, it's simple, but it's kind of, like, mind-blowing. Like, so in not allowing God to forgive these things, I've committed something that's unforgivable. Uh, you know? Like, yikes. and that's what leads to, like, what Pope Francis says leads to corruption. Mm. Where it's like, I'm above this, or 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 I'm below this. You know, I'm there's right, no way right. God could forgive me. It's kind of, with everything, I mean, it makes sense, but everything, it's you can do too much or too little of it. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, th- I think that those are the two ways that I would limit that I limit. And his it's mercy. it's severe. Like it impacts your life more than you think. Like, um, like if I'm, if we're not willing to allow God to grant us mercy and forgive us for these things, we kind of bring that spe- you know definitely into our relationship to get you and I. Like, if I'm want to be angry about something, like. Um, that anger is going to affect you because right. I won't open myself up to God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And, and especially, like, you could be down on yourself. Even if you've done something wrong to someone, like, I hurt you, um, and you want to forgive me, but I'm kind of, like, sulking in it. Like, right. That's, it's just stupid because you want to forgive me, but I want to, like, hold on to it and sulk. That makes it's, no sense. I know. But yeah, it happens it so often. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, holding back forgiveness for others mm-hmm. ri- like limits God's mercy on us. Right. Um, Catholic Stuff You Should Know did a great podcast on justice and mercy. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? No. Kind of the underlying theme of it is that we ought to ask God to be merciful on others and ask justice for ourselves, which is a total oh, reversal of what I we do remember. most of the time. Yes. Is we say, have mercy on me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but make sure they get what they deserve. Yes. Ugh, have justice awesome. on my enemies, grant mercy to me. And so what they're saying is, what would happen if we reversed that and said, Lord, be just with me, have mercy on my enemies. Oh, man. That was a, good, that was a really good podcast that they did, because yeah. that was, that messes you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, oh, I meant to... So in case you're a visual person and not getting it. If you need your Mr. Gallon. No. <laughs> Holly needs a Mr. Gallon. We should make it out of <laughs> actual containers. I feel so excited. Like have a gallon in the middle and then quarts and then pints. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going to keep Mr. Gallon? Well, hang him up. Oh, of from course. The ceiling. Of course. <laughs> I'll put him in different places. Right <laughs> um, but no, in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's... Um, everyone probably already knows this, but <laughs> there's a breed of 
hybrid orcs. <laughs> orcs are the main bad guys. They're like little goblin-looking things. But they're there are the, goblins and orcs. Anyway. They're the worst guys. They're Tali terrible. Hates the orcs. I hate them so much. But there's much. this race called the Orakai, which are like super orcs. And they're... Um, are they the ones that with the hands? The hand, the Sar- oh. Saruman. The white hand of Saruman. Seriously, they're the um, worst. And it's the ones that Saruman, that fight for Saruman. Um, it's hinted that they are a hybrid of orcs and corrupt men. And it's it's interesting because these they're so much more powerful than the regular orcs because they have corrupt men. They're part corrupt man. And it's just really striking that like you have these horrible creatures, but then when you have a man and in Tolkien's world there are men and dwarves and elves, but you know, obviously he's they're sort of all metaphors, so obviously. When you have um, a man who is corrupt and not living up to his full potential, it's almost, it's worse than, you know, a bad person being a bad person. Like these horrible creatures, Mm -hmm. these orcs being themselves. It's so much worse when man joins them in that corruption. And on screen, like, Holly hates them. I hate them. Because they're, like, disgusting and, like, snarly. I'm going to have, like, nightmares about them tonight because we just talked (laughs) about them. I hate them so much. But that's just, like, really... It's really ugly, and that's what, like, when we don't live as we should, it's ugly. But when we allow ourselves to be corrupted and to go, you know, to take part in this evil act. I'm talking of in Tolkien's world, like, fighting with Mm -hmm. Sauron. It makes us so much... Wait, you said earlier Saruman. Right, Saruman is in league with Sauron. Oh, my gosh. Saruman's the white wizard, and he, uh, yeah... Okay. He's an Isengard. I get it. He's an Isengard. Sauron is in Mordor. Sauron is the eyeball. He's the eyeball. Got it. <laughs> He's a big eyeball. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I think that's just a cool illustration of, of corruption. And one thing, when I oh. when I heard... <laughs> sorry. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard when I heard Pope Francis's, or read Pope Francis's homily on corruption, I was like, this has to be like a long-standing theological theme. Like people must have talked about this before, but I really haven't found anything using this language of mm-hmm. corruption and the dividing line being the desire for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, this is kind of a really interesting idea, especially if he's kind of developing it now. Um, but then thinking Tolkien kind of had this too with the idea of corruption and um, especially tied with power because the mm-hmm. ring is the source of all power and corruption surrounds the ring. Right. And with the orc and orakai distinction, um, it was cool how you said that, like, it's one thing if the orcs are just doing, like, their nature is to be... Just orc things. <laughs> Hashtag just orc things. <laughs> but things of their nature, like, things that they were kind of created to to be or that they just are, and that it's so much worse in the orakai it's like corrupted man who has joined with them and it's like um if you take that that metaphor to us that's like it's so much worse whenever we join in on something that we are not created to be mm-hmm. like we're we're joining whenever we become these corrupt men in real life not in tolkien world um, or joining in Satan's force. Mm-hmm. And it's so much worse whenever we're created to be this beautiful, wonderful, like, uh, creatures of God, children of God. And whenever we join the forces of Satan, like, just how much worse that is that we're 
we're completely denying what we were created to be. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was cool. Right, there's like the potential there. Like you have to think about the opportunity cost. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, we are each created by God with an individual personhood mm-hmm. and like a goal in mind in right. God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we stray from that, we not only, you know, it's bad for us, but we we don't do whatever God had in mind for us. Mm-hmm. It's like when I um, was reflecting in our Bible study about what was, was it the first reading a couple weeks ago from Sunday's mass that said the royal diadem? Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. I think it was from Isaiah. But it said, like, you are a royal diadem, a crown or tiara that God holds in his hand. Mm -hmm. And as I was reflecting on that, I was like, what would I feel like if God was holding me in his hand as, as if I was an exquisite piece of jewelry that he had created? Because I am a piece of his creation and what that would be like in my, what? Uh, nothing. Because I keep fin- saying the no, same finish. words. No, finish. I thought of a funny image, but continue. Okay. This is serious, Daniel. Okay, she's holding a fi- uh, imaginary diadem in her hands. An imaginary me, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. So here I am in God's hands and he's looking at me and my only reaction and my re- reflection was, am I, who, am I who you wanted me to be? Because mm-hmm. he is my, he is an... Later in that um, same reading, he says the builder. Yeah. The builder with the creation or the builder with the built or I don't know, something with the builder. And so like the jeweler with his creation to say like, this is what I've done and look how beautiful it is. And I was saying like, I don't know if I'm living up to that. And to, to see like I could be a royal diadem with jewels and just exquisite and or I could be... Um, <laughs> poop (laughs) (laughs) that's the direct opposite of jewelry the only thing that came to mind (laughs) but no yeah it's that's i was gonna i was thinking like really cheesy like um if we were drawings god would have enough room on his refrigerator for all of us (laughs) oh that's sweet (laughs) so cheesy but your jewel and poop metaphor was great too (laughs) spot on Um, but no so that's just it's given me, like, a lot to think. And a lot of uh, hope, too. Like, you know, not that it's it's not okay to to sin. Like, it's bad. It mm-hmm. harms you. and It's kind of damaging to your soul. But it's hopeful to know that God is always there to, to forgive you. And his mercy is unbounded as long as we seek it. So just constantly seeking the Lord. And that's what I feel like we always come back to. Like, it's so simple. Like just seek the Lord, you know, and all these other things we try to keep track of kind of fall into place, but it is help. We live practical lives. Mm -hmm. We're in the world to know what kind of practical things. So as long as my heart can always seek forgiveness and desire that, I think that will help me to, and everyone to, I don't to, to sin less in the sense that we, if we constantly open ourselves up to God's mercy and grace, like that's going to work within us. And Mm -hmm. as long as we're open to that through forgiveness, we're going to be working on the right path. Yeah. That is very reassuring Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's like, "Ah, keep doing the same stinking thing. Right. But it's, yeah. Just keep trying. You keep going. Keep trying. And when you really need to worry is when you say like, well, is this just me? Do I need to keep? trying to fix this Mm -hmm. am i just broken or something 
a thing that I'm going to implement into my examination of conscience, it will be like, what do I not want forgiveness from right now? Um, which could lead to interesting places. Well, but I think it's worth searching. Well, definitely. It's a matter of life or death here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we got we got some content in there. Something. <laughs> Started off with the rambling, and then we... That's how we do it. We trick you. Like, oh, all right, I can just turn my brain off, and then we hit you with content. Bam! Bam. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <Your> ears explode. <laughs> oh, okay. Somewhat okay. related. I had I was doing laundry and had my headphones in. What? Did you tell? Oh, you did I told tell you this, this. and yeah. I was pulling, like, uh, this blanket or a sweater out of the dryer, and it was really staticky, and I, like, held it up. I think I was, like, folding. Anyway, I held it up to me, and it hit both of the... He <laughs> was trying on my sweater. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I just want to see if it fit. No, I, like, was picking it up, and it hit both of my um, earbud wires, and it shocked. It went, like, up each of the wires and into my ears and shocked my ears. I know. Crazy. And it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. So be careful. Don't fold laundry. <laughs> Don't fold staticky there. laundry with headphones in. <laughs> I, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Public service announcement. Right, PSA. Um, yeah. So that's us. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, pray for us. Pray for us, first and foremost, um, for Holly, as her de- due date gets closer and closer. Sometimes it jumps up by a week, <laughs> but mostly just one day at a time. Um, but please, uh, seriously, pray for us. Um it's a big adjustment. We're we're not worried. We're trusting in the Lord, but prayers help. Yeah, yeah. definitely help. Um, and we are praying for all of you. Um, if you have any feedback or questions or anything, just want to reach out, please email us at halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. Or intentions. Or intentions. Yeah, anything you want us to pray for, please, we would love to. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. And like us on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but have a great week. Uh maybe we'll be back next week. We might be in the Who hospital new baby, but um yeah, if not, we're not we'll keep you updated. Yeah. If you don't see Check it, our Facebook we, Twitters. <laughs> check check if we tweeted to Facebook. Um but yeah, so if we go quiet for a week or so, we're probably probably just had a baby, a baby. But um Yeah. All right. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Um, bye. <laughs> Sorry, Holly just wants to get out of here. 50 minutes. Come oh, on. All right. Bye, uh, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>